the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We know God did what he said he would do. He did it with Noah. He did it with Abraham. He did it with Joshua. He did it with Moses. He did it with David. He did it with Jesus Christ who died on the grave for our sins but rose to life so that we could be made right with him. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. You know, we live in a DIY world. Do, do you know what that means? DIY means, oh, so <laughs> you're some do-it-yourselfers out there. I see how you are. Yeah, not so much me. I, I'm not very good at, well, much of anything like that. But I, I know this, you can hop on YouTube and in about five to seven minutes, you can figure out how to do anything. I, I mean, you need to fix your washing machine, just look for it on YouTube. You need to work on your car, just go on to YouTube. You, you need to fix the uh, electrical wires in your house. Well, I would encourage you to call an electrician, but you can do what you want. We live in a, a do-it-yourself world. And, and in fact, there's a whole genre of TV shows that have sprung up as a result of this idea of doing it yourself. But there's a lot of people like me that aren't very good at it. And so some of the times that we try to do it ourselves, it ends up in disastrous ways. And so there's a, a show that has come about that really deals with that. It deals with the messes that people create when they're trying to have makeovers. The show is called, Help! I've Wrecked My House. And so... Maybe you've been there, done that. Let me tell you how the show description describes what's taking place. Jasmine Roth rescues homeowners who took on major DIYs and are living without bathrooms, kitchens, bedrooms due to issues they can't fix. Jasmine and her team help finish the problematic projects and turn mishaps into dream spaces in record times. Maybe you need to call Jasmine. This is what she said. She said, at first glance, you walk into a house and you say, this is great. And then you realize, this is not great. In fact, this is not safe and it is not done and it needs some help. One of the biggest transformations that takes place on that show is a couple that has begun to work on their master bathroom. And when Jasmine comes along, I mean, it is just a disaster. It's a mess. The plumbing's in a mess. The electrical wiring's in a mess. I mean, if it's left undone, it's going to be a dangerous place to be. And so she comes in and, and she helps. You know, I've hung out with folks like us for all of my life. And, and I've hung out in this kind of space, in a church, as the leader, as a pastor for 30 years. And, and as I, I watch people in their faith journey, 
one of the things I've noticed is a lot of us have times in our life where we could yell, help, I wrecked my life. We want what God has to offer, but we want it our way. We want it in our time. We want it in our methods. We want kind of a do-it-yourself faith. And yet, yet, as you look throughout history, what you discover is that that doesn't work. A, a do-it-yourself faith is, is going to end up messing you up. When you try to work out your faith, or you try to earn your faith, or, or you try to do everything you can do on your own, you're always going to fall short. And you always find yourself crying out, help! I've made a mess. I've wrecked my life. Fortunately, God's word addresses this. And it addresses it in a big way in the passage we're going to look at today. So do me a favor, take your copy of God's word, turn in the New Testament to the book of Romans. We're going to be in chapter 4, we're going to pick up in verse 18. Now, you need a copy of God's word because the Bible says that you, when you hear teaching, you should test it against the word of God to make sure it's being taught accurately. And with the, uh, the, the, the correct understanding of what God intends. And so whether you have that electronically or whether you have a, a paper copy, I hope you'll follow along in God's word. And today, just to switch things up a little bit, would you stand together with me as we read this short passage? Just as a way of honoring that this is God's word. This is perfect and this is true. And when we get to the end of this, I'll pray for us, okay? Uh, Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us. Wow, that's good. But also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who Jesus raised, who, who Jesus our Lord, raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. I can't wait to unpack this package, passage, but I want to focus you on just two verses. Look again at verse 20 and 21, and let's read these aloud together. Yet he did not waver through unbelief, regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Now let's go to God in prayer. Father, wow, in the name of Jesus, we have gathered and oh, we've sung about how good you are. You're a miracle-working God. You can do it. We believe, and we've sung that truth. And then we've told you how we feel in light of our, 
our lives and our world around us. We're desperate for you, Jesus. We need you to intervene, to meet us in this moment. We need a move. So God, would you speak? We're listening. Lord, I was reading this morning just in the story of Samuel, and I'm, I'm reminded there are times in history where the voice of the Lord was, was silent. God, we don't want that today. Speak that we might hear. And then help us, as Samuel had to learn, help us. Help us to recognize the voice of the Lord in our individual lives. As you teach us those things that we need to learn, as you give us those things we need to have, as as you make us into the men and women and boys and girls and young adults that we need to be, oh, Father, move in our lives. And begin with me. Let the words I say in my thoughts be pleasing to you, Lord. As they come out of my lips, may it be representative of you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you work in this moment? And where comfort is needed through this time in your word, would you grant comfort? Where conviction is needed, would you grant conviction? Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. And God, may we walk away changed. May somebody walk away moving from death to life. But may all of us walk away changed. So here we are listening, Lord. Teach us, even as you taught your disciples to pray. When you prayed, and and friends, pray with me. Our, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated. Do you ever felt like you wrecked your faith life? Uh, Romans is a book in the, in the Bible. It's, it's actually a letter to a group of Christians who had become a church in Rome. It's written by the Apostle Paul. It, it's a book all about salvation. You know, in this kind of space, we talk about being saved. What are we saved from? You're saved from the punishment of sin. You're saved from the plans and designs that you might have had for your life. You're saved to a life with God and for His glory. And and so Romans is a book that kind of tells us how to understand that salvation. It's called Soteriology, the study that allows us to know about salvation. Well, you can't talk about salvation without talking about faith. You'll never make the journey from unbelief to a relationship with God without faith. And so chapter 4 in Romans talks all about faith. In fact, the whole book of Romans deals with this. More than 60 times you'll find the word faith or unbelief in Romans because you can't understand salvation without understanding faith. In fact, the Bible says you can't please God without faith. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? 
it would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So Abraham's a great example of faith. When we first meet him, he's referred to as Abram. God ends up changing he and his wife's name. And, and so Abram and Sarai become known as Abraham and, and Sarah. But it's because of their journey of faith. We first meet Abram, as he's known, and he's a polytheistic man raised in a polytheistic family. That just means he was taught that you can worship a lot of gods. You know, there's a lot of people that do that today. They'll give Jesus a little bit of their life, a little bit of their heart, but there are other idols that are in place as well. But, but at, at one point in his life, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 12 that God came to Abram and he said, follow me. I'm I'm going to show you where to go. And that's the first time Abram said yes. It was a step of faith. That's where it all began. And and I believe, according to Scripture, there's got to be a beginning point for you too. Occasionally we'll hear folks say, you know, I've always been with God. I've always followed Jesus. Nope, not true. You haven't. You were born separated from God. There has to be a moment in your life where your faith journey begins. We call that being born again because that's the words Jesus used or or being saved or becoming a Christ follower. So Abram took that step and you would think after that step, just like sometimes we think after that step, everything's going to be okay, but it wasn't. In fact, even Abram was not okay. He had faith, but his faith was flawed. He was a sinful follower of God and he sinned in some big ways. All along the journey. But there was another time uh, when God brought Abram out and told him to look up at the night sky. Remember that story? He said, see the stars? And, and Abraham was like, wow, yeah. He said, as many of those stars are in the sky, so I'm going to make your descendants. Abram, you're going to be the father of the nations. And he's like, wow. Wait a second, what? Because at that point he was probably about 85 years old. And he didn't have any children. And in order to have descendants and to be a father of the nations, you would have to have children. So Abram and his wife Sarah, I mean, they went through years. It would end up being a generation, about 15 years before that promise was fulfilled. And, and you know what they did? They did what you and I do. See if you've ever done this. Have you ever tried to help God out? <laughs> It's a do-it-yourself faith. God, I, I can help you do this. I know you said this, but let me show you how you really do it. So God had told Abram and Sarah they were going to have a child, but they decided to take it into their own hands. And so one day, Sarah said to Abram, hey, this isn't working out, and we got to get going on this thing. And, you know, I've got my maid over here. Why don't, listen, why don't you have a relationship with her? And have a baby. And Abram, being a man, said, okay. How do you think that worked out? Not good. All kind of bitterness, all kind of hatred. I mean, this story's in the Bible, and it'll make you go, what? I mean, it's crazy. That's the flawed faith of the guy we're studying. But that flawed faith is an example that 
we're told we can look to. Eventually, Abraham and Sarah, Abraham's 100 years old. They, they do have a child. God answers his prayer. He keeps his promise. Because that's what God does. But that's a journey nonetheless. So Paul has reminded us that if we're going to have faith, it's not going to come by how good we are. Because all of us are flawed like Abraham. And if we're going to have faith, it's not going to be out of religious rituals. Things we like to do. Let's name some of them. Uh, baptism. Uh, catechism. Uh, some of you went through something called confirmation. Or you've gone to a church class. Or uh, um, you've raised your hand and said, I said a prayer. Or you've walked down an aisle. Or um, things you do like giving in the offering plate. And, and, and Paul reminded us in Romans 4 that it, it's not based on those kind of things any more so then Abraham was saved by this act of circumcision in his life. I mean, think, think about that. We're, we're not going to detail discussion about this, but just think how weird it would be if God's plan was that the way you get to heaven is through this act of circumcision. And yet that's what people were teaching. And so Paul's straightening all that out. It's faith, he says. It's, it's simple faith. You just, you got to trust Jesus. But to drive that home, he goes back to the story of Abraham. He's made it clear that our only hope is faith alone, by grace alone, and Christ alone. But he knew the default of mankind was to go back and try to do it yourself. That's how legalism springs up, by the way. And some of the most legalistic people that I've ever known, they have some of the most radical testimonies. I mean, God has saved them from the pit. I mean, maybe they were in alcohol addiction or, or drug abuse and God saved them. And sometimes that person, they so struggle with this reality that you mean I'm saved just by God's grace that even as a follower of Christ, then they begin to be legalistic and they begin to be some of the most judgmental people looking down on others because that's our default. And so Paul's driving it home. He drives his faith point home as he concludes the chapter. In verse 18, where we started, it began this way. Against all hope. That's where faith begins. When you're hopeless. Have you ever been there? Are you there today? When we're hopeless, our, our natural tendency is to try to fix things, to do it ourselves. But the scripture clearly teaches when our hope decreases, our faith must increase. Our God works in the moments of our hopelessness to demonstrate who he is. I want you to think back of a time where God proved himself faithful. A time maybe where he's given you provision in your life or, or, or he healed you or, or he restored a relationship. Do you have that in your mind? I was meeting with our, our staff earlier this week, and I was thinking about this passage, and so I asked them, hey, what are some times in your life? And there were some great stories. One, one person, one of our staff members, they said, you know, I, I felt like God told me to pursue this education, and it, it became the beginning of a semester, and I, they called me and said, hey, you have this bill, and I said, well, I don't have money to pay the bill, and so I just went back into my prayer closet, and I said, God, you told me to do this. Um, how are you going to pay the bill? 
And he said, so a, a day or so later, I, I called back and said, now, how much do I owe? And they said, no, you don't know anything. It's been paid. And he said, wait, what? What do you mean it's been paid? What's the name of the person who paid it? We don't have a name. A guy just came in here. Well, look at the check. Uh, what what's name is on the check? Well, he didn't pay with a check. Well, look on the credit card receipt. What name is on there? He didn't pay with a credit card. Someone just came in and gave us cash. We don't know who it is, but your bill has been paid. That's a pretty good example of God's provision, right? Uh, another, another staff member was saying there was a time in their lives where it was just really tough. They, funds had been low. One of their children even came in as they looked in the refrigerator and said, Mom, are we going to make it? Are we going to starve? Some of you have come in kind of at that place today, desperate for God to move. They weren't quite at that point, but still they needed God to provide. That day they got a call from someone that had been in an event and, and said, Hey, we've got a lot of food left over from this event. Do you think you could use it? And they said, absolutely. So they loaded up a trunk full of food and they took it by their house. And, and she said, when we got home, I took my son out there and I just pointed at that food and I said, see, our God always provides. He's faithful that way. I could tell you a time when as a staff, man, we still had a debt on this building. And I'm, I'm so thankful, even though that there was debt for a season, that we went into debt for this building because that gave us a, a plan of action during COVID. It gave us a way that we could meet safely, but we still had a debt on this building. So we would gather at our 1002 prayer time and we'd pray that God would send people to resource the vision of the church. And one day we specifically prayed that God would send people that would pay off the debt. It wasn't long after that that someone who was a new member of our church contacted the office and they said, I need to meet with Pastor Paul. Now, usually when someone says, I need to meet with you, I hide because that's, that, that can be a rough meeting. Um, but this wasn't. They said when they met with me, Pastor, we had called the office to find out exactly how much the church owed on its debt. And long story, but God's blessed us. And we've got something we want to give to the church and we're going to hand it to you. And they handed me a check for over $400,000. And I thought, man, my God answers prayers. My God provides. But I know what some of you are thinking. Stop it, Pastor. Because I heard you walk through that list and you ask about provision. And, and we need provision right now. And I heard you talk about healing. And I need healing right now. And I heard you talk about reconciliation. And, and my relationships are not okay right now. One of our staff members raised their hand and they said, you know, in our life there's a lot of testimonies of, of God's faithfulness. He's been faithful to his promise, but, but right now we're in a season where we're having to trust without seeing that. And so that may be where you are. You're still waiting on the Lord. If you are, you've come to the right place because I have a message specifically for you. Are you ready? Here it is. God is able. Do you hear that, church? Our God is able. Say that with me. Say, God is able. Listen to the word of God, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's what Paul's saying Abraham did. He trusted God even when it didn't make sense. 
As someone once said, and as we've sung in the song, when, when you don't understand, uh, when you don't see his plan and you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. He is able. He's faithful. If you're a follower of Jesus, hope should be the overriding ethic of your life. Against all hope, you never give up hope. I saw this acrostic that speaks to what hope is. Maybe you can relate to this. Hope is having only positive expectations. Isn't that great? Having only positive expectations. Someone says that Christians should be hopetivists. We should be activists of hope. Are you a hopetivist today? I'm not telling you to put your hope in and just platitudes or empty thoughts. I'm saying put your hope in Jesus. But thanks to Jesus. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.